0: Hello and welcome to the Try Talking Sport podcast hosted by me, Joanne Murphy. Whether you are an athlete, adventurer, endurance enthusiast, or simply have an interest in sport, you have come to the right place for inspiration, encouragement, motivation, and as always, plenty of entertainment. I hope you're all well and enjoyed the extra long weekend of the Maybank holiday. I spent it traveling to the US for the Ironman World Championships. I'm telling you, it's a fair old trek from Galway to St. George, and I'm just about coming around from the travel. But I am so excited to be here as part of the announcing team. Still pinching myself that I'm actually here. We went for a spin through the infamous Snow Canyon and wow, just wow. It is incredibly magnificent, stunning with some serious climbing. And of course, what goes up must come down. The descent is fabulous and I was only sitting in the back seat of the car. The athletes are going to have loads of fun out on that course the busy schedule of events for the next few days and lots of excitement building for race day saturday i can't wait to start meeting the athletes and embracing the festival-like atmosphere of the world championships i am sorry not sorry for the photos and general utah takeover on my socials all this week closer to home i'm delighted to have been selected to race at the mondello 24 cycle on june 18th and 19th as part of the cycling ireland women's commission team of eight I'll be double jobbing as both event MC and cyclist for the event and I'm really looking forward to meeting the team of riders and having some fun on and off the track over the coming weeks. If you are in Dublin on Sunday, May 15th, be sure to check out the Athletics Ireland 5K as part of the 2022 race series being hosted in partnership with Sports Travel International. There are three events in the race series taking place with a 5K in May, the 10K in June and a 10 mile in July. Be sure to check out the details on www.trytalkingsport.com and get yourself registered to take part in one, two or all three events. The countdown is on to Loch Coutre Castle Triathlon on May 28th and 29th in Galway. If you haven't signed up yet, be sure to get registered sooner than later. Use the code TTS252022 on www.castleraceseries.com to get a 25% discount across all races at the event. There are lots of races for adults and juniors alike to enjoy across the festival of racing. Finally, be sure to keep an eye on the NuaSan socials over the coming days. They are launching a new webinar series that will definitely be of interest. If you are browsing their website and fancy purchasing some products, use the code TTS15 on www.nuaSan.com to get 15% discount. Now to this week's episode with Mick Clahasy, who is a household name in sport in Ireland especially in running circles, and, in more recent times, in marathon running circles. The Rohini Shamrocks Olympian has represented Ireland on the international stage for many years, including representing Ireland at major cross-country championships 14 times. His best international performance saw him finish 22nd in the 2017 World Championships in London. Taking up running at a young age, he has never strayed too far from lacing up his spikes and his runners, despite a breakaway from the sport in his mid-twenties. A two-time national marathon champion, taking the 2018 title at the Dublin Marathon and the 2021 title at the Belfast Marathon whilst also winning this race outright, he is no stranger to being crowned a national champion. He has 11 national titles to his name. The most recent of these, his second at the 10k distance at the Great Ireland Run in March of 2022. Hampered by a niggling injury over the past few years, the pandemic brought about an opportunity for Mick to step back and take time out to get the strains and, at the time, an unknown stress fracture healed. He is now getting back into his stride and is on track to being back at full tilt in time for this year's Dublin Marathon in October, where he will aim to defend his National Marathon Championship title and go faster than his marathon PB of 2.13.19 set in Dublin in 2019. With a young son at home and a new arrival due in July, Mick loves spending time outdoors with his family, with his running clients for whom he is a coach or with his club mates on a run or more likely competing against them in a race. The key to his success? Consistency in training. Getting the balance right in terms of training, racing, lifestyle and having fun. Mick alongside his coach Dick Hooper work in partnership to deliver the results we consistently see Mick deliver And although not every race has gone his way, when Mick Clahassie is standing on the start line of a race, you know you are going to see some superb running and a great result. Now go grab a cuppa and enjoy the show. Mick Clahassie, the man in green known as the Claw. Welcome to the Try Talking Sport podcast. I am very excited to have you on the show today.
1: Thanks very much Joanne, delighted to be on. Thanks for inviting me on.
0: The first time I asked you to be on the show was back in 2019 when you ran to victory in the um, fields of Athenry in Galway. And it has taken us until 2022 after the Great Ireland run where you were crowned 10k national champion for the second time before we could get this show on the road. So what have you been up to for the past two years?
1: Yeah, so really, yeah, to, <laughs> one of my uh, annual pilgrimages on Stephen's Day, I've gone down there just maybe 10 times or something. Um, so, yeah, and no, I remember that day before everything uh, stopped and a few months later with, with, with the pandemic and that. So, yeah, I've been, well, I've been trying to stay fit. A few injury issues have, have come on board as well, actually, during this period. And um, also have my two and a half year old son, Paul, as well, has kept me busy. So, um, yeah, I've been training away with some periods of injury, um, which I'm hopefully over now. I had some Barely bad enough injury issues. I can go into them if you want um, in, in a bit, but uh, thankfully I'm back on track now uh, trying to build the fitness back and get back to where, where I was with, with, uh, with, on my running career because I suppose the last couple of years have been a little bit messy from obviously the pandemic front and then the, the few injury issues I've picked up. But um, now everything else has been good. And my coaching business as well, which I set up um, about 2017, I think I started. My own coaching business—that's kind of grown as well. And actually, through the pandemic, uh, even though a lot of our group stuff was kind of stalled, etc., online type stuff grew a lot. And you know, we're coming up with different ideas to keep people busy and active. So that's grown a lot. And now, thankfully, everything's kind of back to normal now with with the group sessions and everything I do. So that's kind of my main my main livelihood is my coaching business, uh, along with my uh, you know my my own running, which you know might make it the odd few bob here and there. But uh, the coaching is. Is the main, uh, the main income.
0: So you've had a busy uh, couple of weeks. You did the Sonia O'Sullivan 10-mile in Cove there back just a couple of weeks ago. Mm. And then you went on and you won the 10K National Championships in the Great Ireland Run. And last weekend, you won the Battle of Clantarf 10-mile road race. So you must be feeling pretty good now coming off the back of those three great results. Talk yeah. to me about returning to running after being plagued mm. with those injuries.
1: Yeah, so I've, I've I've raced, as you said, the last few weeks. Um, and I missed racing big time when I was, I suppose, also through the pandemic. Because I was used to racing regularly every two to three weeks. When I'm, even in a, in a marathon build-up, I love to dip into 10Ks, half marathons, and stuff. You know, just to keep myself kind of in, in tune and keep myself sharp. So the, the few races I've stepped back into now, I'm, I haven't up to where I was beforehand, fitness-wise. Um, the kind of the injury has taken a little bit of... Obviously, you lose fitness when you're when you're injured. It's not as if like going back, I've had an injury on and off for over a year, which I didn't get to the bottom of, or I didn't look out of stubbornness, probably on my part. I didn't go down the route, which I probably knew I'd have to, which was in the end getting cortisone shots. I had this osteitis pubis. I'd say a lot of athletes might have heard of it. It's um it's kind of inflammation around the whole pelvic pubic symphysis area. It's manageable to some extent, but. My running started to suffer. I couldn't do the really hard, intense stuff. Um, It was kind of a gradual soreness that would come on um, around the groin areas and that while I was running, especially for the marathon-type long stuff. And you'd be sore the next day or whatever if you'd done a hard session. So I had that on and off for, I suppose, the guts of a year. Um, I also had a stress fracture, which I didn't realize. That showed up on the scan, which I eventually got which I just thought was a glute strain, but it would turned out I had a stress fracture as well. So I suppose it was my own stubbornness thinking that I could get myself back through strength and conditioning, but it came a point where I had to try and sort this. And I did run the Belfast Marathon last October and managed to get the win. Now, it was a slower time and that, but I was running injured, so to speak, but some Nurofen and a little bit of rest beforehand helped settle things enough to get me through it. But, you know, I couldn't keep going on like that. And when I did eventually get the scan, showed up I had an adductor tear in my adductor tendon micro tears, as well as this going on. So um it was Jared Hartman, who's you might have heard he's well known um, in triathlon circles, definitely as well, who was very, very good for me because he kind of put me on the on the road to seeing a sports doctor and stuff that I was kind of putting off. And I suppose I had a lot of trust in Jared over his, I suppose, you know, he's been seen it all and he's been at the top with so many athletes so look I, I I could have got this sorted a long time ago but he kind of pushed me to say look take the hit now get this and thankfully that was going back a few months now I got the injections took a bit of time off and I'm just starting to build again and everything feels good I think it's more the, as well as the mindset as well you can get a bit casual when you've been injured for a while kind of out of the routine of the hard proper training and, and then your fitness obviously starts to drop off of it but it's coming back and the, the few races there in the last few weeks have definitely helped um get me back in that zone but there's a lot of work to do
0: <laughs> you definitely looked very comfortable crossing the finish line at the uh the great ireland run 10k uh in the phoenix park mm. a couple of weeks ago it looked like you were just out for a, a sunday jog
1: okay maybe i seem like that but i, I did find it t- tough now i don't know whether it's the sunglasses can hide the expression on the face sometimes i think but you know it's ne- it's never it's never easy you know maybe I felt good, I did feel, I felt good physically, you know, my injury has has settled, which is the main thing, but I do know myself, my fitness is still a bit of work to do, but I think the few races can give you confidence then as well to push on. And it is, it's that mindset of getting into that zone of pushing yourself again. Um, And I think there's nothing like racing to do that and to get that, just get you out of the comfort zone of, because you can settle and train and think you're you know, you're getting back to, to where it was, but the races are definitely what I need. But as i in saying that, you can't go out and race every single weekend. You need to step back and put in a block of training. But I, I kind of use them as a springboard to get me going and get the feel for it again.
0: So are you feeling good now? Like, how's your body and mind for racing?
1: The, the body feels great. It hasn't felt felt any better. Like, the injury seems to so have settled. So I just have to be careful as well. You know, these things, it could come back, this injury. That's the, the kind of nature of it. And I suppose when I move up into marathon training, which, you know, I haven't been doing a massive amount yet and it's likely Dublin in October will be my main goal because Europeans are in the summer, but I obviously don't have the time for that and I haven't qualified. So, very slim, unless there's a wild card chance of getting on the team, but that's very slim chance at the moment. So, I'd be looking at Dublin. So, it just means I'll have to gradually ramp things up as as the, the months go on through the summer and then um, see how the body reacts but um it's getting into that get that work ethic back and you know knowing how to how to push and how to be disciplined as well in all parts of lifestyle as I said when you're injured you can get a little bit casual about everything so um well and it, that's in my own from my own um perspective and I suppose it's in my nature sometimes I can get a bit lazy when I have, to have had the opportunity so just getting back into where I was but it, it will come I feel confident and
0: so how do you um, zone in on the discipline and staying motivated? Like, do you, if there's days where you just don't want to get out of bed to go for that 10K run, do you think back mm. to the days when, geez, when I was injured, I couldn't do this, and this is part of the motivation to get moving?
1: Exactly, yeah. No, like, it's it's true. Like, even today, um, I was out for 10 miles, and still operating miles in the old-fashioned uh, You
0: say it so casually, I was out for 10 miles. It's, it's like me saying, I was out on 100K but on the it, bike.
1: It wasn't... <laughs> I think even sometimes people are on meeting people every few days at my coaching and stuff. And they think, Oh, you're out, you know, loving every run, but it it isn't, it's like everything, you know, if you're doing it all the time, there are days where you you don't want to do it. Like, And it's not that you don't respect it or whatever, but it's just, it's like any sort of hard training that you can't always want to do. And maybe there are people who always, but now today I was tired because I'd done the race two days ago and um, I had a few things on this morning. That meant I went out a bit later in the afternoon and, Training in the morning for me now seems to be my best time um, kind of mid-morning. So I wasn't really in the humour doing my run today, but I got it done. So I think it's just that you get, become so used to it that you just do it, even though beforehand you might be, you know, it's kind of playing on your mind. But once it's done, it's done. And then when you're out there, you know, as everyone says, once you're out there, you're, you're, you're loving it to some extent. You know, there are times when you just want to run to finish. But I think most athletes can relate to that, that there's days. But I actually find sometimes my harder days... I find to be able to do them, you know, they they come to me easier, so to speak. You know, if I'm doing a hard session or a hard long run, I can get into that zone, but it's the recovery easy days, logging the miles that can be the hardest because you're tired and it's just kind of, I suppose you're not as focused as when you're doing a session, so to speak. You know, if it's a hard 20 mile run in marathon training up to Phoenix park, and I'm totally zoned in, that feels easier then the next day when I'm going out for recovery seven or eight miles so it's it's funny how how it works but um you just kind of get it done I always a lot of athletes are the same you know it, it just comes second nature and you might kind of doubt yourself for a bit but it just you go out and do it and that's it and as you said afterwards you you're always glad that you've you've stuck to your stuck to the your guns as they say
0: and how do you look after yourself after some of those hard sessions or say like the 10 mile run on Sunday? Mm. How did you recover to ensure that, you know, you're protecting your body um, mm. from injury and making sure that it's ready to go for the next day so you can keep continuing to train and to to perform well?
1: Yeah. So I wouldn't be one for overdoing, you know, the the extra recovery stuff like stretching and you know foam rolling and all this stuff i tend i kind of have a simple simple approach like even stuff like putting my legs in the sea is something that i've always done um yesterday i was at managed to get out to port marnock and i'm quite close to dolly Mount strand here but sometimes i go out to port marnock as well and i was out there yesterday and i put my legs in and just stood in the sea for a bit and at the moment a lot of people know the sea is actually probably still that it's near it's cold as well it's probably starting to warm up but you know it's ideal for recovery at the moment i i think that helps some you know you could be a placebo thing but you definitely feel after having your legs in the sea that there's some sort of energy gone back into them and just the blood flow um obviously i try to eat well after after a hard run and you know and try and get as much rest as i can but i think over the years i suppose now having a two-year-old son and that you know sometimes recovery can be neglected a bit but i think it's you can overthink these things um in some ways as well and I mean, sleep is obviously is, is really important, but I think if, if you think too much of what you could do and, you know, you can really play on your mind too much, but I've tried other things. Like there's a, I've tried cryotherapy a fair bit. And um, there's a place in Dublin city center that I've used on and off. Now it's hard to know, you know, it's probably scientifically, they say it works. So you go in and it's 30 seconds or three minutes, whatever it is. And you come out and um at the chamber and look, it, it's hard to know it probably it does something I don't know if you have any knowledge on it yourself but I'm sure for the real endurance type things it is beneficial um, but I've tried that stuff and I think any of these things they're not going to do you any harm so um
0: and, and what about your fueling as well probably not taking on much fuel when you're doing a 10k or maybe a 10 mile mm. um but say you post-race fueling like do you eat particular types of food or how do you get your muscles to recover through food or is that something that you even consider yeah
1: again i wouldn't be over the top with this kind of side of things like i'd be the kind of simple approach like protein of any sort after you know after a hard hard effort you know trying i've gotten better at that over the years i think when i was younger i was probably quite blasé about trying to get you know if i was getting a good meal in afterwards but i wouldn't have you know i, I wouldn't be fussy I, you know if there's whatever the situation is like i mean if i can get some scrambled eggs in or you know what i mean it's not i'm going to be have to get a certain thing in and i just i think i have a good balanced diet now i i enjoy pizza the night before the the 10 miler on on monday there and i think there's nothing wrong with a pizza sometimes if it's decent it's good carbohydrates you know and look all athletes are different i might have a more laxed approach sometimes but i think i have a balance with it as well like i you know i like to have a few pints here and there or whatever and i think it's trying to learn the balance because I've seen as well from from coaching, and I'm not coaching people at an elite level, just maybe even people new to running or um, from the park runs, or you know they could be running three hour marathons plus. But sometimes people can get over over analysing everything that they're doing, and it takes a lot of the fun out of it, I think. And the one thing I think is if you are training hard, you can allow yourself a few little luxuries as well, but keeping it in balance, you know what I mean, and then you enjoy it. So look at. I'm just speaking for myself i can't i know there's other athletes that i'd be against and they'd be a lot stricter than i am without in all that r- regard but i think over the years i've probably tried to find my my balance that works for me and you know because i do find it hard to live that really regimental athlete lifestyle i've tried it sometimes in the past it just hasn't worked with me with my own personality or whatever so um I think I have a good balance, but as I say, I need to stay in check with being disciplined to, to push on and get back to where I was.
0: It's such an individual thing as well, really, isn't it? Mm. Because um, you mentioned there, you know, about you're not coaching elites, but everyone in their own head thinks that they're an elite to a certain extent. Mm. You know, and everyone wants to get the best out of themselves. But really, um, sometimes we just have to find the the right balance between Doing the hard training, doing the hard partying or the hard food eating or whatever it is. But mm. actually, we have to live a little because exactly for me, this is about being healthy, having fun, being active and the whole social side of things. Um, but I think your your approach is actually quite interesting because you mentioned earlier that you were really stubborn about mm. not getting your injury fixed or sorted or not going down yeah. the road to get it done. But yet mm. the vibe I'm kind of getting from you is that you're quite dialed into everything but yet you're very fluid and very laid back with your approach that, yes, mm. it's a very serious sport and serious in how you take it, but that mm. your approach, you're able to almost step outside it and kind of see the bigger picture and very holistic kind of approach to the whole thing.
1: Yeah. I suppose over the years I've, yeah, I've kind of, if from the outside, maybe that's the way, way it looks. And maybe I don't realize that that's the way I'm operating kind of, but yeah, as I said, I've, I've tried some of the more intense you know, spells of training and maybe before I became a father and got, you know, things change in your perspective of, you know, in life and that. So I do try to step out of it and come switch back in, but it is getting that balance. And as I said, with the injuries and that, you know, I, you know, probably got a bit casual and I could get away with doing a few low key races. And I suppose then if you keep going it that way, you know, without really getting myself back into the zone, I I could risk, not getting back on track to where I feel I can, especially in the marathon the next few years, I'd I'd like to think I can push on and, you know, get some really good, more good results and, you know, lower my PB. And I definitely feel I can, but that will take me, I suppose, getting back into that zone of being a bit more disciplined. But as I said, I, stepping in and out of it is, is it works for me as well and I don't think I could go down that road of just zoning everything else out and it's just not me and then there isn't an, there's there's an element with athletes that can be selfish as well and it can be it can just take over and it's I don't think it's you know it's for me I just wouldn't want to go into that kind of zone so like it's it's trying to get the best out of myself while you know not um over you know I wouldn't be going off now for a month or two on my own training and Pyrenees or something you know like I just I've done them things in the past I don't think now it's part of my kind of routine going forward so um but yeah it's an interesting as you said it's an individual thing all athletes at different le- all levels have uh different ways to, to so get the best talk, out of themselves
0: yeah so talk to me now about being a multiple national champion across multiple disciplines it's not just the 10k it's not just 10 mile it's not just half marathon it's not just marathon i mean and it's cross country as well you've you've got titles across the board how do you manage the diversity of the distances i guess is is and pro- maybe even the diversity between the road racing and the cross country racing mm. that you can switch it up in distances and in pace to be able to race well across all of those distances
1: yeah it's like i've been lucky that i've had a good I suppose, um, progression through the years. Like the marathon, I suppose, now has taken over as my main focus. I moved up to the marathon in 2015, so seven years ago or so. And prior to that, cross-country 10K was probably my main distances. Um, So cross-country would be, a lot of be 10K. So my cross-country has suffered since I became more of a marathon runner. Like I haven't been as strong on the country In recent years and that's a kind of natural enough thing when the more maritons you do you you start to lose the the sharpness over that um and that discipline is it's a different type of running as well you know twisty turny kind of so for a few years I probably was a lot stronger across country and it's I don't think I'm as strong now um but on the roads I think I've become more efficient running on the roads especially over the longer distances but it's it's been a kind of gradual progression I think. and the marathon obviously is beneficial then for endurance when you're dipping back into the shorter stuff. But anything under ten k for me, like five k, is nearly two. And like I'm, I don't know, my five k, I've dipped into five k's and I've done okay sometimes. Then other times I just don't have the the sharpness for it. So you know, you can't. It's very hard to try and be at all the different um, disciplines. I think the more I get into the marathon there again, you know, I have to accept I mightn't get any faster over the shorter, but like, I still feel over 10 K I could do, especially on the road and that I can put in some good solid times, but it would never be adding to, you know, not like what some of the really top middle distance guys in Ireland to be running. So, um, but I've been lucky that I've dipped into all the events. And it's, as I said, it's something I've liked over the years to race kind of regularly, uh, especially in recent years in American buildup, um, dipping into races, has kind of kept me sharp, kept me focused. Um, whereas I know other athletes like to go off on a marathon block and just train and come out and run the marathon. And that works as well. I always think just for myself, the races keep me tuned in, but that might change in the years ahead. Like I'm not sure even after coming out back to these injuries, maybe I won't be able to race as regularly if I am doing the marathons. in the, you know, especially with long runs and stuff. So that could be, could change a bit, but yeah, um, yeah, I'm lucky. I've kind of managed to pick up nationals over a lot of the disciplines, and it'd be nice for me. I suppose it's nice to thing for me to have to say, and you know, I've won a fair few over the, the various disciplines. So um, yeah, so I think the mar- as I said, the marathon is my main focus moving forward. And Dublin in October is the nationals again, the national championship. So that would be definitely one to that I'd be aiming for.
0: You mentioned you've become more efficient running on the road. What does that mean?
1: Um, I just think my style of running suits better for straight, kind of smooth running on tarmac. I'm not sure the technical, how to explain it really, but like cross country uh, is a lot of chopping and changing and, you know, twist and turning. And I was definitely more suitable to that for a while. Then as I started to build into doing long runs and marathon stuff, I think my natural... Ability just to be smooth over long periods of time started to develop, um, and I've felt it myself. My style of running has changed. Um, hard to explain exactly, but just it's a natural kind of thing. and um, I don't feel as comfortable maybe on the cross country, and it probably is as well as as the body gets older. I'm in my mid thirties now, so you know I'm not as flexible on the country or whatever as I used to be. And then like the track, I did I dip into the track a bit, maybe ten thousand meters or whatever, but the odd 5K, five k, five thousand, but. I train a fair bit on the track, but I wouldn't be as strong a track runner as as a road runner. And I just love nice, smooth, long stretches or whatever on a road where I can just get moving. And it's, I suppose, it's it's just a, a natural kind of progression into into this type of running. So, and a lot of marathon running is just pure rhythm and consistency, you know. Whereas where you're actually, I suppose, within yourself for a lot of the marathon, you know, as opposed to cross country and that where you're helter skelter, you know, on edge. Which I still can managed to do a bit of but um it's changed slightly over the years
0: so what is it about the marathon that you enjoy is it the long straight roads is it the tarmac that you're on or maybe the bounce you get from the road is it the big crowds of people around you is it being able to just get into your head for 26.2 miles or maybe you don't want to get into your head for 26.2 miles but what is it why the marathon
1: yeah like going back when I was younger and might coach over the years um dick cooper he's very well known in athletics and sport in ireland through the years like he won the dublin marathon three times the first dublin marathon he won it three times to the olympics and dick has been with me since i was in my mid-teens and dick is a marathon runner obviously so i kind of and my father as well ran marathon so i always had this thing at a marathon I remember going in to watch my dad when i was young and actually finishing the last mile with him um in the dublin marathon I don't you'd be allowed to give you a load to that now, but I was able to jump in then and cross the line with him back in, uh, I was probably about 15 or something. But So I always had this kind of thing that pushed me towards it. And then I remember Dick saying, even in my early 20s, that I, he saw something in me that he thought, you know, I'd be suited to the marathon. He could see the endurance space. Um, and I was never one for the, you know, I didn't have that natural speed for middle distance, you know, your real track speeds. Like I just didn't have that. Um, I could work on my track side of things in shorter distance, but I would never have that raw speed, you know, to really push on on, on, on the track. So um, I took a few years out in my mid twenties where I suppose I just kind of stalled a bit on my progression and then came back and then the marathon came on the agenda again. So I was tw- in 2015, so I was 28 or nine or so when I actually moved up to the marathon. And yeah, since then I've just gotten to love the whole event. I think it's the, I suppose the marathon is a bittersweet event. It's like discipline of Ironman or triathlon, you know. You have the best build-up ever, and it's all down on the day, what happens. And it is the, the crowds, especially like even the Dublin marathon, is just the two times I've done it, it's just been brilliant, just running through all them streets and the different areas of crowds coming out and supporting, and then the finish down into Marion Square. and all just the buzz um, was brilliant. So I just like that kind of – it is nice running through – city streets and you know i i think as i said i'm smooth on the road i like the, the bounce back off the off the tarmac or whatever so um but the marathon does have a kind of a special atmosphere them city marathons, and you know you're getting your drinks tables and it's 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 a different type of run as i said because for a lot of the marathon you're, you're kind of in control but you'd like to be in somewhat control and then i suppose the last well it depends on how how long you can stay feeling good but everything then just goes out the window at the end. You're just trying to get to the line. But for a lot of it, if you're feeling good, you know, it is a great feeling. And then if you're feeling good at the end of marathon there's nothing better. Like, which is, it's possibly a rare thing to get through a whole marathon and be feeling great at the end. But I've had one or two where I've felt really good finishing. And then, you know, it's, um, I suppose it's the sense of achievement from it as well. And, um, and obviously then I think I'm most suited to it. So it's what I can get the best out of myself. You know, it's where my, where I probably have got the best out of myself with my results and you know in world championships and I know Rio didn't go too well and stuff, but it's um it's probably what I'm best suited to. And especially as I get a bit older, I think I think for endurance type event like the Marathon, you can still be at the top of your game well into your you know late thirties and that. You can see that from some athletes and even in their forties and stuff, and um whereas opposed, I suppose, the middle distance and stuff, you know, you're you're not going to have that sharpness as you get get older.
0: You mentioned there about um, staying in control. Um, mm. The marathon, a lot of it can be mind over body to get through the 26.2 miles. Mm. What do you do to keep your mind on the right track to the finish line when the shit hits the fan and the control starts to go? How does McClawsey stay focused on that finish line when he still might have a half marathon to go or he might be fading with five miles to go and his brain is saying... Make this isn't going to happen today.
1: Mm. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's a, it is a, it. It's it's hard to put yourself into that exact moment now, you know, when you're sitting back, relaxed. But I suppose it's just the the dedication, commitment to your your training that you just. I suppose you you train your mind to to work through these kind of periods of like every marathon, you're going to have a patch where you feel rough and. Normally, the, the thing you try to say is this will pass. This will pass. You know, you could take a turn on a road, and all of a sudden, you're feeling brutal, and then you turn another corner, and, gosh, I'm actually all right again. It's mad. It's, and you know, you could get a cramp, and it's hard to. I think it's just a discipline of, you know, seeing it out. Um, I know Dick Dick Cooper used to have this thing he ride on his arm, and it was, um, finish, and then the second thing was finish as fast as you can. And he just had that written on his hand. So it was like he, he was always going to finish, you know. Um, so little things just to remind yourself to you know to see it out. Now I've dropped out of one marathon in Seville. Uh an Achilles tendon injury. Uh, but I lasted till 20 miles when probably I should have just <laughs> stepped off earlier. I was I kept going as long as I could, but then I realized, yes, if I keep going, I could actually seriously injure myself here and so it wasn't nice dropping out all my other Martins have i've got through them all and most of them decent the odd one that hasn't gone to plan but um the mental side of things it's just a toughness i suppose you try and practice as well when in your training runs i suppose it's like you know for uh, for triathlon and ironman as well like you just build it up over over the over the period of time and i suppose it becomes intuitive to yourself that you're just going to do this and you're going to get through it and somebody just tell yourself the pain is temporary you know and it does end it mightn't seem like it when you've you know it could be only at 20 miles or as you say at the half marathon and it's not going well and you've another 13 miles to go um and it can be a slog but you kind of just because you've done it in training and you, you, you remind yourself you know i've done this so many times before and i will get there and the bad patches you know they do pass you try and flip it on its head and nearly say geez i'm enjoying this type of pain you know you have to just do little things in your head and try zone out from it as best you can but, but like thankfully I haven't been you know I haven't had any really bad experiences where I've been you know falling over or anything you know I know Rio I was sick in the Olympics going into it and the second half was just I was just out of juice and I just I knew I'd finish it though I just jogged it home really because I didn't want to go there and not finish the marathon you know so but yeah that was like Probably looking back, that was a slog, but it's not as if I was in any real pain or anything. So you, yeah, I suppose, you can put it in perspective to other things. And I mean, the marathon, I suppose, if you like yourself, an Ironman is a different ball game totally. A marathon is over a lot quicker than some of them, you know, longer endurance-based events. So
0: it's all relative, yeah. though.
1: It's all, yeah. it's all relative yeah. no, no. for everybody yeah. yeah
0: is there good camaraderie between you and the lads on the start line some of the irish lads some of the lads that come over say for example in dublin um or mm. some of the big races is there a bit of jostling and a bit of crack or is it very like serious on the start line
1: yeah like i suppose it before a big race then you're tuned in you, you don't really want to you're always a bit nervous um which is good in a way but and you don't you, you tend not to want to be having too much crack you know you can obviously if you know a few of the Irish lads you know you'll have a bit of crack just to lighten the mood a bit Um international wise you know you don't really like the races I've done internationally you wouldn't really know them so you wouldn't be saying much and I think the Irish are probably better at being a bit more lighthearted anyway before you know events you having a bit of a bit of banter or whatever but yeah there'll be a bit of it but then it, in your own way you just want to try and stay as focused as you can and Everyone's in their own head, I suppose. So um, you know, sometimes you might crack a few jokes just to lighten the lighten the mood. But I think you're so just focused on trying to get started and everyone's kind of zoned out from what's going on around them. And um, You kind of don't want too many distractions. But the thing with 4 marathon is you're actually, I'd find myself a lot more relaxed before a marathon than I would for a, a fast 10K because, you know, in a in 10K you're going to be straight into it. Um, an example is the Rohini 5 race which is my the big club race in Rohini, which has become one of the biggest road races in the country and actually like one of the top 5 milers around and i've won it a few times and a few second places but i'd nearly be more a few of the times gone into that i've been more nervous before that because it's kind of an expectation it's a home crowd and it's just especially if coming from marathon training it's just flat out from the start and like, you kind of know you're going to hurt from the start in that out of my comfort zone but it's over quick obviously but it, it's a different type of feeling to a marathon where you're you know that in a marathon you can kind of be quite relaxed for the first few miles and then it starts you know so um i do find them more relaxed before marathons than a shorter distance race and i think it's because i know that i'm more comfortable in a marathon as well and um, and you know that you're not going to be straight into pure hardship. hanging on kind of stuff so yeah it's interesting
0: and tell me, um, you mentioned there about expectations of the likes of the club race, the Rohini Five Mile. Mm. How do you deal with the pressure um, going into a race where maybe you're the favourite? Quite often you're the favourite for, for a race um, mm. and maybe you're not feeling the best going into it. But yet the, everyone has you down as old oh, Mick Classy is here now, you know, the race favourites yeah. here. Like, how do you personally deal with that kind of pressure or do you just let it go? Do you just say, I'm here, I can only do what I can do? Or do you rise to the performance that you need to do yeah. to deliver on the day?
1: Because I've put myself out in a lot of races over the years. And, and I think since the, it's probably gone back before the the injury um, and before the pandemic and stuff. And, you know, I was, I was at my top of my game there. Um, and I'd kind of put myself out in a lot of races where, you know, I could have just maybe stayed training in American block. But any race I turn up at then, I kind of feel I have to perform. And it does put an extra pressure on. Um, but it's only in my own head, the pressure, like, you know, people understand as well, if you don't live, you know, because they say, oh, he's training for America, but you don't, you, the thing where you hate, if you underperform, you don't like making excuses because it's just the nature of the sport, but you can't hide. It's like a lot of the individual sports, um, but it does put that added pressure. And especially in, as I say, like the Rahini five over the years where, I know I'm going into it. I might be in a marathon training block and I know there's guys here who are going to push you right to the line um, and you're going to feel out of you know out of your comfort zone and feel that kind of pressure building. But it's all in your own head and your nerves and you know, trips to the bathroom or whatever beforehand. But it's it's part of it gets you into that zone as well. Because if you're too relaxed, you know, and maybe people probably see me thinking geez makes very relaxed. It's probably just the the persona that i you know show or whatever but deep behind it all i'm probably like you know i'm kind of i right, just want to get into this now get this done kind of like some of them races just want to get them done you know <laughs> and then it's a relief after it's like even though you're in, you know it's what you do and what i love to do Sometimes you're just like, oh, I'm so glad that's done now. I can relax. <laughs> you know. Um,
0: <laughs> and and then what do you do to relax? Like a, away from running, you have you've your wife, Crona, and baby yeah. Paul. Well, we can't call him a baby anymore because he's running rings <laughs> around you too. There's another yes. baby on the way due in July. So what do you do to relax and to enjoy life away from running?
1: Yeah, so as, as you're saying there, like they, I, I seem to be able to zone in and out of running. And I think it's good because as I have my own coaching business now, I'm kind of, um you know running is every day and i'm you know texting people or emailing or whatever and then of my group so you know there's a lot of running related stuff going on um and i like i wouldn't be an anorak of following elite athletics really like i'd have an idea what's going on but i wouldn't be one for sitting down and watching the meets that are on or like i do watch the odd bit of stuff and i'd keep i'd have a fair idea what's happening but i wouldn't be i kind of like to zone out from it as well and as I said, little Paul keeps me busy. And like, I love being outdoors for most of nearly all the time. And, um I love dipping in the sea or whatever, and just, or being up in St. Anne's park with Paul. And I don't know how many coffees I go for per day. There's a lot of coffee consumed in different places around. So I, I do like kind of just chilling out and I like the kind of outdoor life. Um even at the weekend, I was in Leitrim, my wife's family are from down there and climbed a bit of Schlieveneeren, which is a kind of well-known mountain down there. So, just doing stuff like that. But I'd be big into music also. My dad is a musician. So I grew up listening to a lot of music. So I'd have a keen interest in that kind of side of things as well. And, you know, I could zone out reading about music musicians. And I'd, I'd more be into reading books about musicians than runners, that kind of way, you know. I thought you um, were going to
0: tell me that you'd break into song and we might get a rendition <laughs> of Raglan Road or something on the podcast. Oh, I'm not sure about
1: that now. <laughs> Luke Kelly, no. But uh, I do hope to try and get a bit more efficient with the guitar but i'm really at basic level with that but it is something that i'm in, interested in and uh, a bit of art as well my sister's an artist so i do the odd bit of paint which i haven't in a while I, these are things that i want to get back into eventually so um i do have a lot of other interests outside of, outside of running but i love all sports like i mean i'd follow the, the gaelic championship starting up now and i follow soccer shelburne in the League of Ireland, there. I'm hoping to get Little Paul to start going down to them, them matches again. Now that they're back in the Premier Division for now, so I love sport in general as well. So, but I do like to zone out from.
0: I'm I'm holding on to the fact that you like getting into the sea in Port Marnock mm. and that you like running, obviously. So, and that you like coffee. So, you already have three of the components that we need to turn you into a triathlete, and we just need to get you a bike. And oh, I wonder, yeah. would we get to no. do a, a a triathlon in the park? My dips in, in the sea
1: like are not you know they're literally dipping myself in and out i think the swimming would be definitely something i'd seriously have to work on i wouldn't i can swim but i would not be a strong you know swimmer doing lengths up and down like maybe on the bike i might be half okay but um i think there's a big big difference in the the swimming fitness and running fitness as you probably know yourself but um i I just love jumping in the sea and just that feeling of it no matter where you are especially out on the west coast or whatever like there's always that thing you have to get a dip in somewhere, you know, that kind of way. Yeah. And um, no matter what the weather is, for you, you know. Yeah. And um, sure, we wouldn't get that done, you know, if, <laughs> if you were dependent on that. But it's always wherever you are, you say, I oh, will try and get a dip in here or whatever, you know, it's part of it. I've, I've kind of grown up with that through my dad as well. He's always been. So Um, it's kind of a nice thing, especially when you're on holiday or something, even just jumping in the sea for a minute or two, it's kind of a sense that you've done something, you know, yeah. I don't know, you know, and then you can go and have your coffee or your. Ice cream. Your, your, yeah, your, your nice bowl of soup and a pint of stout. Yeah. <laughs>
0: and tell me, is your dad still running?
1: <laughs> he is. He actually ran on Monday there in the ten mile race. He's in his sixty eight now, so yeah, he still runs. He, he does triathlons as well himself. So um, he's down to do a tie. I hope I might try and get down to support him, and um, because he's come to all my races, so um, I'd like to go down and I'll, I'll be watching. I definitely won't be competing. But um, yeah, so he's still like running would be his main um, of the three disciplines, but he, he like he swims regularly. Um, like I think today he was in Markovic swimming uh, bats in, in city centre here and he'd be out on the bike every weekend as well. So yeah, he's he's uh, he keeps fit.
0: Good stuff. Um, talk to me briefly about being part of Rahini Shamrocks uh, Athletics Club and the importance, as well, of say the coaching group for camaraderie and support as a runner. Because similar to triathlon, it's a very individual sport. Running is a very individual mm-hmm. sport as well. Um, you're not relying on anybody else other than yourself to get to the start line and the finish line. But I imagine at times it can be quite lonely when you're training at your level. So having the support of the likes of your athletics club and then also for your own runners that are being coached by you having the camaraderie of your club as well and your coach groups must be hugely important for not only for you but also for the other athletes that are part of both communities
1: yeah absolutely like my own training i do a lot of it on my own and it's just the way it's kind of turned out over the years i trained a lot with sean hecker for a while he's uh he's well known in athletics and marathon running scene and me and sean have been great training partners through the years now he's he's relocated down to Wexford so we wouldn't link in as much and I've dipped in with some of the other athletes as well and um, I suppose it's hard when you're at different levels and you know marathon running as well I do a lot I do like to train on my own a lot as well um, But when I can I'd meet, meet people every now and then and um, but Rohini is, <clears throat> is is it's a, it's a great club of um, you know it's a real all like a lot of all the athletics clubs and triathlon clubs like inclusive for everyone and you know welcoming new people all the time and I've kind of I suppose my own coaching is is kind of independent of Rohini but I suppose 80 90 percent of the people that come to my groups are in Rohini so it, it is kind of a separate break off to it but I love the you know being with people and um, especially when I'm when I'm I absolutely love coaching and um, my groups like tomorrow morning I'll have them at in St Anne's and we go for coffee afterwards and it's just it's great group of people and i really enjoy that and i've grown to love that over the last few years and you know it's a nice break from my own training helping people especially even there is a couple of people running the boston marathon it's just great seeing people achieving stuff as well and helping them along so and it distracts me from thinking about my own training which i don't think i o- i do <laughs> anyway I overdo it but but yeah it's great and rahini rahini is is um it's such a well-known club now and I think you might have heard of Pat Hooper who was a massive part of the club passed away at rest a year and a half ago. and um, he was a big loss to the club because he was just he he was the whole epitomized the whole club. So you know there's I suppose there's a void there in rainy but you know there's people stepping in and there's a there's even that race there on Monday the, the Battle of Cluntarf and there's so many people out stewarding and helping helping and it, it is great, you know. I suppose you'd probably really appreciate if you're away from something like that and come back to it and see all these people. You know, if you had to spend time abroad, you'd probably you really realize how you missed the the, the faces, you know, you know. So it is um, it is a great thing to have in, in, in um, as you say, an individual type sport, to have the people there around you. And you mightn't necessarily always train together, but just to, to have them people that you can, um, whatever, have a coffee or go for an easy run here and there. So it's it's all part of it.
0: You've mentioned three people, your dad, Pat and Dick Hooper, who seem to have had a big influence on your running career. Would you say they have been the three most influential people in your career or would there have been others outside of that that maybe would have influenced decisions to step up to marathon distance?
1: Yeah, no, like I suppose them three would definitely be like, I suppose Dick has kind of coached me. Now it's kind of at the moment, it's kind of a two-way, kind of correspondence with each other you know but over the years Dick like I probably wouldn't be where I was without Dick's guidance and his I suppose his, his um his disciplined approach to you know he's he's a hard taskmaster type kind of thing and he's kind of got he's we've kind of learned how to work with each other you know different personalities but he has been an absolutely uh massive part of you know especially in moving up to the American and my dad as well has always encouraged me right from the start um, when I used to play football and stuff my dad would never tell me to rush into solely focusing on running you know and I've always kind of had listened to my dad you know and he's always been there you know if someone I really need to ask any you know little things whatever and and then Pat he was just um, I suppose he just was part of Rahini Shamrocks and he was just so full of encouragement and um, characters like that are I suppose they're they're really hard to find well they're not hard to find they're in every club but they're when they're gone there, um, you realize how big, big a part they played. And another person is well, my uncle has been a ma- massive supporter of me, you know, over the years. My dad's brother, he's helped me with sponsorship and stuff and come to every race, a big race as well. So, you know, there's, there's different. And obviously my wife then as well, I can't not mention her. She's a big supporter. So there's, there's plenty of people there, but, you know, there are people that stand out. And, um, you know, if you go through the list, there'll be probably other people I realize. Geez, you know, that person had a massive part to play in this. So. But it's, it's nice to have characters like that because you learn stuff from them that you can then pass on, I suppose, to, to other people. It's You know, that's kind of how it works, isn't it? You, yeah. you pick up stuff and pass yeah. it on.
0: You are the two-time National Marathon champion, first time in 2018 in Dublin, mm. second time 2021 in Belfast. So you are now the defending National Marathon champion going into Dublin in October of this year. How are you feeling about that?
1: Yeah well it's it's nice to be not like the National Marathon last year was in Belfast and um, cause of the pandemic and and that it was there was no Dublin didn't happen so they, it was kind of a late call to move it to Belfast and I was originally down to do the London marathon but I as I saying, I had injury issues I just wasn't going to be fit enough I don't think to really run fast and strong and then Belfast came on the you know on the horizon with the national I couldn't turn it down then And as it turned out, I won Belfast outright. So that's, you know, it's it's hard to get that opportunity to win a marathon because there was no, none of the Africans there and no other kind of top Europeans and stuff. So it was, it is a rare thing to get that chance. So I'm glad I I took it because, you know, I might never win a marathon outright again because it is very hard to, like Dublin now in October, there'll be, I'm sure there'll be a fair few Africans over and, you know, top Europeans, Americans. it's very hard to try and try and um, win American outright. So going into Dublin, yeah, the national will be the main aim, as that's that's a part of it. But I'd, I'd, I I want to try and finish as high up. I finished sixth in Dublin twice. The two times I've ran Dublin, I finished sixth overall. I won the national once and second in the national the next time. So I'd like to try and finish as high up and you know hopefully run a bit quicker than I have as well if I can. But uh, I look forward to it because as I said, Dublin. Overall, the Martins have done, it's probably been the most memorable and just the buzz of it and the hometown, I suppose. So I think a lot of people around the country will be really looking forward to Dublin when it comes back because it's it's grown to be like a real buzz of a Martin And it's um, especially now the race series is back through the summer as well. So there's, you know, there's that build up into it. And uh, yeah, so I think a lot of people will be looking forward to the end of October.
0: Absolutely. I guess Dublin, maybe Belfast might be a couple of the highlights of your career to date, but where would the lowlights be?
1: Yeah. So winning Belfast was great. I think the London world championships was another highlight in 2017. Cause it was the year after the disappointment in Rio. Um, and I went to London and finished 22nd. And it was, a I was the, the Irish support that year in London. There was a lapped course in London and, um, it was like a hometown race. So that was just brilliant. And I kind of felt I'd I'd redeemed myself, you know, kind of come back after the disappointment of Rio. Um so that was a really enjoyable experience. And then obviously the two times in Dublin were, were great. Um low light, like obviously performance-wise, Rio, the Olympics, I you know, I I didn't perform, but
0: Think that was a bit out of your control, though. Wasn't oh, so, yeah,
1: so I mean, I, I didn't. I wouldn't say it was like I was frustrated in that at the time and the Olympics, but I didn't dwell on it. I, I kind of I switched off for a while after it and just kind of you know it was the Olympics obviously want to go and perform, but when I look back on it, you know, I still think I finished it out. I had issues that I couldn't, you know, had a blister and then I got sick or whatever. But, oh, these are things that probably could have been more could have prevented it. But you know, when at the time. Um, it was what it was so I think I'll look back and be proud that I finished it out and I was there and you know um, but yeah I wouldn't you know there's been races where I've been disappointed and I wouldn't count too many real low lights. you know I think and you have disappointments and you just kind of move on Um I've never been one for dwelling too much on bad performances you know look you do feel annoyed and frustrated and I think if it didn't mean something you wouldn't you know, if you didn't feel that, there'd be something wrong because he obviously doesn't, you know, that bothered about it. So it's good to have that bit of a, you know, but I wouldn't go away sulking for, you know, to, you know, you yeah, get on is, with it, you'd, you'd feel deal with the disappointment for and move on. It's always great. You know, you, your next race, then you feel like I'm going to come out and get myself back. And then, you know, if you have a bad marathon and then, you know, you take your break, come back, and then you start with some shorter races, it kind of banishes it then if you get back to having some good runs. So, um, no, I haven't been, I've been lucky that I haven't had too many, real bad kind of experiences right. like dropping out of Seville American was one I didn't enjoy but I, as again I've no option either with injury, so um I've been very lucky through the career
0: well Mick it's almost time to end the podcast episode but we did get a couple of uh, questions in now uh, we also had somebody comment saying they didn't want to ask a question but they wanted me to tell you that you're a total legend and can I remember who that was I absolutely can't but I wanted to tell you on their behalf that you're a total legend oh, and then the it. The dad runner on Instagram, he asks, can Mick make another Olympics? Can he make the qualifying time for one? And can he take one of the spots from the current and upcoming guys like Scullion, Pollock, Seaward, Flynn, Tobin, to name a few? So there's a loaded question for you to round out the episode.
1: Yeah, I'm not going to lie. It will be tough to try and make the, the next Olympics because the, the times, qualification time has gotten a lot harder. And um, I haven't reached that particularly at that level yet. Now I was before getting injured, hoping I would get close to it and then things didn't work out. But I definitely think if I can progress in the next year or so, if I can get myself back up to where I was, I'll I'll do my best to try and aim to be close to getting there. Now there's there's the three, I suppose there's there's a few guys like Scully and, and, and Kevin Seward and Paul Pollock who have been around all the way up through... Kevin Seward and Paul Pollock were in Rio with me and they've been around all the way and there's other guys possibly moving up who haven't really yet so we don't know and there's Hugh Armstrong who's there and he's very strong but look, I'll, I'll put myself as best I can in the contention. It will be very hard to make the Olympics again but I wouldn't I wouldn't rule anything out but um, you never know but then my main aim is to get back on track and progress as best I can um, and there's also I mean, I know this summer it might not be european or worlds that i will make but they are great events as well so i mean i do feel i can get another good few years and i can progress to try and kind of push myself close to to getting there but it will be it will be tough but sure that's the the challenge
0: well, you wouldn't be a national marathon champion by two if you weren't embracing things that were tough in mm. sports. So Mick, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. I hope to see you at the finish line uh, very soon. And sure, maybe somebody will give you a bike, i.e. your dad, and you might end up down Dune triathai in June for the crack. Oh
1: yeah, definitely have to get a few lengths of the pool and definitely before that. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks very brilliant. much. Thanks, Thanks
0: John. Mick. I hope you enjoyed this episode. You can get in touch with any feedback or guest suggestions by emailing me on trytalkingsport at gmail.com. You can follow all of our activities and podcasts on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn and Instagram. Pop by and say hi and let me know what you think of the show. If you are new to Try Talking Sport, please do check out some of our previous episodes. You will be both impressed and inspired by our guests. Finally, be sure to sign up to our new e-zine featuring articles of interest, some great discounts and the inside track on supporting your triathlon and endurance sport journey, wherever it may take you. Sign up on www.trytalkingsport.com takes 30 seconds and I promise I won't bombard your inbox with emails, just the important stuff. Until next time, stay safe, keep smiling and remember to look for fun and adventure in every day.